Welcome to the REI Mastermind Network, where host Jack Haas gathers amazing stories from leaders in real estate investing. In each episode, our guests will tell you what they're doing that works, what they've tried that failed, and best of all, you'll learn actionable steps to take your real estate investing to the next level. Now, here's Jack with another value-packed episode. Well, we have the land shark Brent Bowers back on the show. And, and if you want some basic information of what Brent and what his team are doing, I'm going to point you back to his uh, first appearance, episode number 227. I'll make sure to have that link in the show notes. But uh, Brent also has uh, some great resources on his website. So head over to thelandsharks.com for that information. But Brent, I really appreciate your time here today. And it sounds like we got some catching up to do. You got a lot of things going on. Yeah, it's been a while since we've talked, Jack. Um, things have been exploding in the land world. Uh, it's been really fun. Uh, it's been a lot of new stuff too, uh, you know, because, you know, you run out of those small 200 and something dollar deals. And what I'm finding is that a mat, like a four or $500,000 deal or a couple million dollar deal is not much difference than the smaller deal. Like it just, you bring in more people to do it with you. <laughs> So right. uh, a lot of cool things have been happening. So, yeah. So Brent and, and his crew, they buy and sell land, you know, raw land in different scenarios here. And uh, yeah, that's you're leading right into it. One of the biggest change since the last time we talked is it sounds like you are uh, landing some much larger deals than when, what you did uh, a year ago. Yeah. And it's amazing. I mean, you start doing this, people find out that, uh, you're the land shark or you're the land guy in their area, referrals come your way. Uh, and it's so funny. Uh, we're, we actually purchased a piece of land at, right in the city of Colorado Springs from a gentleman that we had spoken to years ago. Um, and he's like, look, I got this couple acres. Uh, we actually purchased it from, from him for $1.2 million. And what's really cool is we raised $600,000 those funds from the local meetup that I ran, just friends, like people I've made friends with. Uh, we did a syndication. Uh, that way everyone was protected. And we had the seller carry the remaining 600000 called the seller carryback at 0% interest and zero payments for 12 months while we got the developer you know, to break ground, all these things. So that was the first one. Um, now we're working on an RV park. And so things have kind of evolved into bigger deals. Now, granted, do we still have the foundation, you know, 116 notes paying us every single month? Yes. And all that land is debt-free. Uh, so if there's a crazy market reset, when there is a crazy market reset or crash, whatever you want to call it, uh, we don't owe a lot of debt, uh, but it's allowed us that foundation to do bigger deals and start involving other people. Because uh, when you get on these podcasts, like like your amazing podcast, Jack, people start reaching out and wanting to do deals together. Yeah. Boy, you, there was a lot, a lot there. Uh, so this was a $1.2 million deal. How did you find it to begin with? How did you find this particular one? A postcard. And I would be more than happy to share that postcard <laughs> with your listeners. But Do you yes, have that postcard I, framed on your wall? <laughs> ah, you know, we've bought tens of millions of dollars with this simple little postcard. Um, and I give it out all the time. Uh, but it hasn't changed. It's black and white. It's super simple. It costs us like 39 cents at the mailhouse. And they send it out for us. Uh, but it's simple. It's like, hey, Jack, uh, if you're interested in selling your land at 123 Main Street, or maybe your land doesn't even have a address, you know, Barbella Lane or whatever it's called, uh, whatever the street address is. If you're interested in an all cash fair price, give us a call or text 
and we put the number. Sometimes we add God bless on there. Sometimes we take it off because we get screamed at for that. It's amazing what you can do. You could really piss people off, send them a postcard. Oh, so yeah. be very careful with that. Put a return mail address that is not your home or your, your physical office. I like a Staples or a UPS box or even a post office box. Cause I don't want people just showing up at my office or my house. <laughs> yeah. Well, we actually had one situation where somebody was so upset that they waited at the PO box to chew us out. You're kidding. No, he <laughs> camped, I, he camped out until one of us showed up. Wow. That's the first time I've ever heard of that. <laughs> that's <yeah>. amazing. <laughs> so that's exactly what, why you want to take that advice from Brent. Don't, don't put your home address on there. I'll tell you what we, uh, it's funny. We did a deal. Uh, we actually bought a mobile home from somebody once. We'll buy pretty much anything that we can make profit on as long as it's a good enough profit. But we bought it and then we ended up selling it to somebody. And this woman had purchased mobile homes for years. Like she told us all her credentials. Like, And it was like, oh, hey, fine. Yeah, take it. Well, about three months later, she shows up in our office. Our front of our office was all glass. And a friend of mine was using one of my offices and he's doing a podcast just like this. And this woman is pounding. Actually, no, what he was doing, it was my rock starter rookie call training the land sharks team. Cause this guy mm-hmm. literally was a rookie and went to a rock star and was training other people how to buy and sell land. Well, this woman was like pounding on the glass for like five minutes and would not go away. And she was mad because we sold her a mobile home and we did not upgrade the panel before we sold it to her. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, boy, I I bet you we both have stories that we can share on that. So one of those things that I find particularly interesting is when you when you started this conversation, you said, you've learned that these bigger deals are almost as easy as as some of the smaller ones. Yeah, explain what you mean by that. Well, one, it's exciting. So other people want to get involved in it, or they've had an interest, or it's the doctor that makes, you know, 400,000 a year needing a tax write off, or just want some passive income coming in. Uh, So we've been able to raise funds uh, just by, you know, word of mouth, friends and family. Um, And sometimes we weren't looking for it. And it came to us. It's like, well, when we come across something, I'll reach out. And guess what? Something always comes. There's, there's not as many land buyers when you get it up in the higher range. And there's really not a lot of land buyers anyways. Like I always say there's virtually no competition in this business because most people drive by land every single day and we don't even look twice at it. Like, you know, because there's no mobile home parks or storage units or multifamily or a single family residence to rent out or fix up and flip and make money. It's just vacant raw land. How we're making our money on most of it is we're getting at a massive discount. And or we're getting it at a small discount and selling it for a profit or this 36 acre RV park that we're about to develop or we're about to purchase and develop. I mean, we're getting it at somewhat of a discount, but what we're going to turn it into is going to be a cash cow. So it's uh, these small deals eventually turn into big deals. Uh, it's like, you know, the evolution. You know, if you were to talk to me, because I told you on the first episode that you just mentioned, uh, I talked to you about the, the $300 land deal, the $285 land deal selling it for 5000 If you would have approached me six years ago, seven years ago with the $2 million land deal, I would have been very nervous. But it's amazing what things can evolve into. I mean, and it doesn't take a lot more time. The basics are still there. It's the fundamentals, the small basics that you got to check the same things. Uh, and it's just doing a bunch of small little things. You know, one of the things that you also mentioned here is that in this particular case, you bought you 
paid six six hundred thousand down and six hundred thousand as a carry back with the seller. Do you find that type of strategy is more receptive to those larger deals and those those type of uh, sellers? Yes, uh, because you know it's really easy to keep the seller on board if you show them a way that they're going to make more money. Uh, because there's not a lot of people walking around just purchasing raw vacant land with you know 1.2 million dollars in their pocket, so they have to get creative with you. Uh, I'm t- I keep mentioning this 36 acre. This gentleman is an 82 year old developer. He's been developing now for 42 years since he was 40 years old, uh, and it's so funny. It's amazing how things work out. I actually already purchased land from him five years ago in another state. And it's amazing how things work out. And I didn't realize it when I went to go look at this land in Florida. But I asked him, I said, what would it take for you to stay in this deal with me? And I would love to see your vision you know, continued. And that lit his eyes up because he doesn't have children or grandchildren and he wants to see his legacy continue. And he's got all these ideas. He's still young at heart. He still goes every single day. But what that gives me is this man knows everybody in this town. He's already friends with the planning department. He's already friends with the city planner. He's already friends with the mayor and the good old boy network and the builder that built the medical center in town and all these other areas. So he's already got connections and oh, by the way, if he's an owner, he's he's not going to let me fail. Yeah, no, it's it's really interesting uh, how that whole part of the conversation, right? You is this something that he was receptive to right away, or was that something that you had to teach him, if you will, or or do a little put on your training hat and and educate him on this as an option? It took a couple hours of riding around in him and his builder's uh, vehicle, just kind of looking at the property and talking. And let me tell you, like I'm doing a lot of talking right now on this podcast, but it was 90% of this gentleman talking about his life, his passions, what, what is important to him and me just asking questions, building rapport, just understanding what this gentleman was looking for. And it took, it took multiple times of me asking like, what are you looking to accomplish? Because most of the time, our sellers are either motivated or they've got a problem or a challenge, something you could solve. We call it the seven layers. You know, As you get through every single layer of that onion, that's when the tears start coming out. Well, this, this man does not have a problem other than the fact that he's got a lot of projects going. And it's just, he's now looking at, he's getting older, so he's not able to have as much energy to put towards it. He's still got the money. There's still money. Uh, so it's just his his problem was a little bit different. Uh, but it just took a while to get to that. You know, the first the first time I asked him, like, what are you looking for? Like, you know, he really didn't give me an answer. I had to ask multiple different ways. And it was just by having that conversation, me using my listening skills. Uh, and that's that's hard for, for me sometimes to listen. Mm-hmm. So I had to think and listen and ponder, ask another question and ponder on it, and then just eventually it's, yeah, I'd love to see, I'd love to do this with you type thing. That's, that's really important. I mean, and that's the case with any kind of sales role, right? If, if those, those ones that are really good in sales, it's, it's asking those questions and guiding the conversation and letting that person come to their own realization, convincing somebody typically doesn't work. Yeah. You're never going to convince someone to part with a $4.2 million piece of land, um, you know, unless they've got a massive, you know, head-on collision about to happen. 
whether they're about to lose it or divorce or you name it. Um, at the end of the day, it's like, what, what problem can we solve? And sometimes problems aren't that like are nothing to us, but monumental to some people. Yeah. So just to remind everybody, uh, again, head over to, uh, the landsharks.com for, uh, more information and, and maybe even take, take a look to see if, if, uh, Brent's, uh, training is, is a good fit for you. I mean, uh, there's a lot of content there. In fact, he has a YouTube channel that they launched about nine months back. So look for Brent Bowers and I'll, I'll include the link in the show notes because those YouTube URLs can get a little unwieldy, but, uh, Brent Bowers on YouTube, uh, for a lot more of this information. Yeah, so with all that. of this, it sounds like you, you're obviously growing and scaling quite rapidly right now. How has it been building out a team to yeah. uh, support all this? I'll tell you what, if it wasn't my, for my team, I couldn't do even probably three quarters of this. It's just having the right people. And, you know, whether you're just starting out or you've got nine people, you know, my motto is do what you do best and contract out the rest, you know, kind of like what we're doing with the seller, the, the owner, like, I don't need the entire pie. I would just like a small portion of it. And there's so much pie out there, you know, and then nothing stops us from doing this one deal. We can continue and do multiple deals, uh, but it's bringing in a team to help me, help me do these things like an assistant, uh, you know, a lead manager, an acquisition manager, because at the end of the day, there's going to be so much to do. Like, and if you show me a business owner, that's running around wearing all the hats, paying the bills, talking to the contractors, purchasing the land, purchasing the houses, you know, answering the phone, like all these little tasks that need done in a business, sending out the mail, like it is going to drive someone crazy that like they're going to burn out, you know, in a year or two. I think, I believe that's why most businesses fail because people are not willing to bring on help. And, it, and maybe you can't pay for it right away. Maybe it's a partnership. You know, one partner has money. The other one has time. One has accounting ability. The other one has the gift of gab type thing. Um, so it's just, it's just figuring out where you lack and finding someone that has those, those skills. Like Jen, I brought her on uh, in 2016, April 2016. I found her on the Nextdoor app. I hired her to help me take phone calls from those postcards that I told you I was sending out uh, because the military would send me on these training training missions and I wouldn't be allowed to have my cell phone because we're we're emulating battlefield operations in the mountains of Afghanistan and the cell phones don't work out there. Uh, mm-hmm. So they'd take my phone and I just sent like thousands of dollars in mail and postcards and I would literally cry because I would come back to all these voicemails and like, and these guys had already sold the property or the house or the land because I just went into debt to send that mail and I didn't get to work those leads. Uh, so I brought Jen in April, 2016. She's still with me today. I invited her to my home after I talked to her several times on text and phone calls. Like, I feel like you're going to be a great fit. Come meet me, my wife and my newborn son. She thought it was kind of weird that I was inviting her to my house, but she was right down the street. Um, but I just wanted to show her where I was at you know, meet me where I'm at and I'll meet you where you're at and come grow with me. And she was just saying on my team call yesterday, how that was like, she reminded me about that, how that was one of the greatest decisions of her life. She now owns her house free and clear. She has no debt whatsoever. Um, and when I met her, she was renting a property. Uh, so it's just, 
it's not just you that's going to grow. You got to allow your team to grow as well with you. Yeah. So it's interesting, you know, that that's a very good point is the the concept of probably taking an honest assessment of your skill set and what you maybe even what you like and what you don't like to do and try to fill those gaps in first. Is that fair? Dead on. Absolutely. 100% accurate. So, you know, I, I, I think it's, it's especially interesting to, that you brought her into your home and, and understood each other where we're, where you're both at. That's, that's of particular interest. I, I haven't heard of anybody really doing that up until now. I was just starting out. I don't do that anymore. That was the first hire. You know, the second hire didn't get that treatment because (laughs) now I'm renting an office or before it was a co-working and shared space. Then we were renting an office. Then we bought an office. Now it's more of a professional type environment. But in the beginning, I was an army officer doing one deal a month. And I I wanted someone to help me scale with that. I didn't have a tremendous amount of money. Heck, I was actually in debt at the time. So, you know, so was was that first hire then strictly like a commission type role or was it? Did you somehow scrape together some sort of base pay? How did how did that look? You know what? She didn't actually start receiving a base pay up until about 12 months ago. She was oh. 100% commission only for years. Uh, the reason why she started getting a base pay uh, was because she's training pretty much everyone that comes into the company now as well. Uh, so we wanted to provide some type of you know pay for that. Um, so yeah, it was a 100% commission because I didn't have the funds for the base pay. And look, not everybody's going to jump at that type of situation, but she was in the right part of her life. Uh, she just came out of another business situation and was looking for an opportunity. And, uh, you know, things aligned and, and made it to where we were able to connect. Well, you must have provided something to make her feel comfortable that this is something that would work, or that that it, it's it's a viable option for her. Like what, what did you do or say or provide to her to make her comfortable in a commission only type role like this? I sat next to her at the living room couch and around the coffee table and opened my hands and showed her the palms of my hands and said, this is where I'm at. This is what we're doing. This is where I plan to be. Are you, are you ready for an adventure? And that's it. Like I was honest, like it was so transparent where we were at what we were planning to do. Like me and my wife would write like letters in the basement at nighttime when I would get home from work. Like this started from nothing. It came from nothing. Um, And that's, you know, you always hear about us, you know, Apple was started in the garage of of their home. Like Mm -hmm. it's all, it's like, that's where it became. Like for me, it was my basement. (laughs) Right. So, you know, another option here too, then is that uh, you delved, dived into the syndication game. I'm sure that's another aspect where you had to build out your team to, to accomplish something new. Absolutely. And it's just hiring the right syndication attorney. And I mean, now I've hired three different syndication attorneys. And let me tell you, they're not all created equally. We, the third one I found is helping me with the pitch deck and the pitch deck is basically what shows like all the dynamics of the property for the listener, what, what your investors will make, because I had no clue how to build a pitch deck. I just knew there was a better way than what the garbage I was putting together. And it was, I say garbage, it was all the facts, but it wasn't pretty. Like it was mm-hmm. just like, Hey, here's the, here's the facts type thing. And there's people out there that put professional designs together. And this, uh, this syndication attorney is showing me how to hire this out for a very affordable price. Um, and that's your team member. Like 
that you don't have to be paying them a weekly or a monthly salary. Your team member could be your real estate agent, your commercial agent, your attorney, your title company. These people don't have to be on your payroll. Yeah. So was it uh, something like, was this another aspect of, of a, of a task that you might've previously going, you know, syndications that that's something of beyond me that you, you might not want to tackle. And then, then you dived into it. It was a little easier than you would have, would have guessed. 1000% Jack, you hit it on the head because I never had an interest in it because it seems so complicated, but now I'm coming across deals like, man, that looks like it'd be a good deal. It's $2 million. I don't really have $2 million sitting in my bank account. Uh, so how can I bring people in to do it? And then the first one that we syndicated, we took, we totally did it the wrong way. We didn't realize we needed to do a, you know, 503B and all the regulation D, all that stuff. So we went in reverse and fixed everything. So it's like we kind of built the plane in the air and realized like, yeah, we need to make sure we take care of our partners on this. So we went in reverse, hired the attorney, fixed it all. Um, but yeah, it was totally complicated. But once you do once, it's like riding the bicycle one time. Um, hopefully you don't, you fall off with minimal damage, uh, but mm-hmm. you know, you get back on and do it again. So the, when you do a syndication for land, is, is it more, do you have to provide like the, like a dream or not a dream, but kind of the plan for the land, how, how it's going to be developed kind of a bigger picture. Do you have to draw that, draw that image for people or how does that look? Absolutely. You got to paint the picture. You got to show exactly what's needed. You know, what does the engineering look like? What, what's the, what's the, what's the mobile home park going to look like? Where's the clubhouse going to be? Where's the pool? Where's the highway? What's needed? How much money? How long is it going to take to build these out? What, like how many phases of the operation? Never mind. That sounds like the army officer talk. How many phases of the development (laughs) will it be? You know, how how long is it going to take to build out? What's it going to take to get funds in? Is the land making money currently right now? Yes, it is. Here's how much. Uh, here's what here's what we could do as far as site pads. Here's the potential tenants like a Cumberland Farms or a Wendy's, things like that. Um, and it's just really the whole entire operation that's going to happen uh, over the, 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 the phases when it's going to happen. And then what's the preferred return? What are your, what are your other investors or partners, your funding partners going to get, you know, what percentage and then what percentage are they going to get as far as profit? And how long is this going to take? Because that's one of the, the main questions that a lot of investors have is like, how long do I have to have my money in this deal for? Mm-hmm. So you yeah. want to give all that as much as possible. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So when you were talking to some of these potential potential uh, syndication uh, people that are that are investing their funds into this, is this a, is that a, a big educational task as well, or or do they kind of get it? It sounds like a lot of them, especially at first, were kind of in your real estate investing mastermind, so maybe they already had a basic understanding of what you do. Absolutely. I would say your, your close relationships are the best ones to start. Uh, for, for example, I'm talking about the 36 acre RV park. Now I made two phone calls and I'm literally on the land. So what, like what a better time than when I'm excited about the opportunity and the project I'm standing on the land, made two phone calls. The first two, I was able to get $2 million promised to me right there. Now I got to go home and build a slide deck a pitch deck and present the facts. And I'm just telling them over the phone. Um, So yeah, at first it's the warm market. 
Um, and we have enough money to purchase the land now. And one thing I learned, uh, and, I'll, and I'll just share my, my transpa- be very transparent with the listeners. One thing I learned, I thought I needed to collect, raise all the funds to have all the building funds and the purchase price. But I learned something the other day from the syndication attorney. He's like, no, that's dead money. You don't want that money sitting still. Like raise it when it's time to need it. As far as when it's time to start with the roads and the construction and the sewer lines, raise that money when it's time after you purchase land, because you don't want the, the you know your investors' capital just sitting there doing nothing. And I was like, ha, light bulb moment. That's so mm-hmm. brilliant. Because I was like a little nervous because I was waiting to get my letter of, of intent, my LOI after I had all the funds, which I was kind of doing it backwards. And you don't know these things until you just do it. Like you could hire somebody, you can hire a coach um, and learn it, which I highly recommend. Always hire a coach because they're going to save you so much time, so much money, so much grief, so many, so many mistakes. But it's it's hire someone that's done it or partner with someone that's already done it. Yeah, I, I can't echo that enough. The, you know, the the con the concept of hiring a coach, it, it's just another investment that you you really need to consider making. And it and you really need to take a moment and see it as, okay, if I make this investment, what type of return could I possibly get out of it? And and that almost has to be planned as well. What do you expect? Because once you learn and you hire a coach, you got to you you have to implement and take action with that new information. Uh, otherwise, you've just wasted that investment. So true. Yes, the action is the most important aspect. I mean, you could read, like I got this library of books right here. I could read and read and read and read and sit. And all that's going to happen is my butt's going to get wider and bigger. But I got to get up and take action, get on the computer. Like I was at an event all weekend long. Um, I was at a, like a, a training event. And I try and do something like that at least every couple months. But when I'm there, I'm like firing out emails. I'm sending text messages like, because where, why not strike when that iron's hot so you can bend that metal? Because when I get home on Monday or Tuesday, I got home. Uh, I, you know, I got home last night. I was a little tired before I jumped on this uh, podcast, Jack, because I, I worked all weekend. But I'm not as excited as I was when I was sitting in that seminar and just in the moment type thing. So you got to take action. And the best time to take action is like when you're reading the material or getting the education or like as soon as you're, you hang up the phone with your coach. I, I tell people all the time on the Landshark support calls, hey, hang up right now and go take action because we just solved your problem. But we, we just talked about how to, how to solve the problem. Now go and take action and do it. Like right now is like the best time. And then you can uh, to pivot on this just a little bit. This is, this is another example where we have to get our mindset right regarding hiring people, because that again is another investment and how much more money or how further can you go? How, how further can you scale if you make the investment in another person? So good. Yeah. And if they're not an investment, if they're draining you, they are not, they're either the, not the right hire or they're in the wrong seat on the bus. They might be better at accounting or sales. We hired an office manager a couple of years ago, Chrissy. She's, a, she's just a blessing. Like, like she is the glue that holds our entire company together, but you won't believe it. She went from managing the office and paying the bills and keeping us organized to buying houses and land. And I remember her telling me on the interview, I never want to have to sell anything. 
I said, great. We're never going to ask you to sell anything. And guess what she does now? She buys houses and land. That's total sales all day long. So mm-hmm. she changed seats on the bus. Um, we're, we're hiring another person in a couple of weeks. She's going to be my personal executive assistant. And she's going to help out with other things with the multiple companies, but she's going to be an absolute investment. Like she should, you know, she should three X, like if we're paying her a hundred thousand a year, she should bring us in at least $300,000 a year in overall revenue, right? Like, like investments, that's all they are, or, or yeah. your, your team members. Right. No, this is, as always, Brent, this has been a great conversation. Uh, you know, I, I hope you take me up on the offer. You're welcome back anytime you and I can look at, I mean, we blew through another half an hour without even blinking an eye. But before I let you go, I wanted to remind everybody uh, regarding your YouTube channel, definitely try to find Brent. Brent Bowers, B-O-W-E-R-S, on YouTube. Uh, make sure you subscribe to his channel. Uh, the more pe- people subscribe, the faster that's going to grow. So help Brent out on that. And thelandsharks.com, uh, head over that way. There's a lot of content and material. And I know Brent and his team give a lot of information out away for absolutely free. So it's definitely worth checking out. But before I let you go, Brent, is there anything, a question you wish I would have asked you here today? Anything we should have covered? No, I I just, uh, I want to hear more about you, Jack. That's, that's it. You've heard enough about me today. I feel like I'm like completely exposed and you haven't talked about yourself at all. So I wish you maybe not have asked me a question, but told more about what you do. Well, we, uh, lately we've been doing a lot of fixing flipping in my market. And then I, I'm, I'm actually in the dead of winter. I, you know, I, I don't know if you know this, I'm near Fargo, North Dakota. Yes. I remember you were in Dakota. I don't meet too yeah. many people in Dakota. <laughs> North Dakota. Yeah. So being in the dead of winter, um, now's the time where we usually find some of our best deals. And then, uh, we try to get them ready for that hot spring buyer market. So yes. that's, that's what we're doing right now. Oh man. I love it. We, uh, we just purchased a house up in the, the mountains. Uh, we actually did it with one of our competitors. We're collaborating with one of our competitors. Cause I found out he lived right down the road. And I was like, Hey, you want a joint venture on this? I'll buy the house. You renovate it and we'll split the profits. Well, they went and paid the tenant to leave uh, the wholesaler that sold us the, the property and they didn't turn they, the, the tenant turned the heat off. I guess he was trying to save us money and we had gotten the, the heat in our name, the gas and all that, the electric. And then the tenant was there a few more days. Who cares? I guess he was just trying to save us money, but anyhow, the, the pipes burst and uh, oh. we're facing that problem, but yeah, winter renovations, but Hey, you know what's going to be awesome when spring hits, like that's going to be when the buyers come out and start opening up their wallets. Well, you know, you, you mentioned uh, trailer parks and and I think this happened Probably around the last time you and I ch- talked, we we did ho- own a trailer park at, at one point. Really? And last winter, I had two trailer park trailer houses. You know, uh, using space heaters, they they were trying to keep their pipes un unfrozen, and uh, two of them caught fire and burnt to the ground. Like oh my like gosh. within a week apart from each other. So that was that was crazy. So no space heaters and trailers anymore. Wow. I hope Especially there under, there. yeah, no, everybody was fine, but, uh, but wow. what a mess it, it wow. really can cause a problem, man. The life of a real estate investor. Well, thank you so much, Jack, for having me. Thanks for sharing the YouTube channel. That means a lot. And, uh, I'm going to go to yours and subscribe right now as well. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks again, Brent. And, uh, like I said, I, you're welcome back anytime. You, it's always a great conversation. 
Thank you so much for having me. If you learned at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing, if so, please consider returning some of that value by leaving a positive review, subscribing to our YouTube channel, or joining our growing network on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to all of our social media accounts in the show notes. See you next time.